What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we know Corbin Carroll just got a contract extension, but is he the only D-back that is getting a contract extension in the near future? We will look at other D-backs players on the roster and decide whether they should be extended or not on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. I'm your host, Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I almost forgot what I was going to say for a second. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Please continue to spread the message to your friends. I can't do this podcast without you, the sharing, the subscribing. I thank you so much. And please go hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. We are closing in on 400 subscribers. I want to hit that before the end of May. So please hit subscribe on there as well. But for today's podcast, Corbin Carroll just got that really nice little eight-year extension, right? But is he the only D-back with an extension coming in his near future? Let's take a look at some other D-backs that could be getting an extension on the horizon or at least discuss whether these D-backs players should receive an extension because we're not going to go through the whole roster here and decide should he, should he not. Like a guy like Pavin Smith, I'm sorry, we're not looking at Pavin Smith and deciding whether he should get a contract extension Right now, we're not going to look at the Caleb Smith of the world, if if he's even still on the roster. I can't even remember at this point. Or, you know, the Mark Melanson's of the world. We're not looking at him and deciding if he is a a contract extension eligible player for this exercise. So we're only going to look at the best of the best, either young players or players who are at the top of their game right now in this D-backs uniform that are not on long-term deals. Because if you look at the D-backs payroll, through 2025, it's Ketel Marte, it's Corbin Carroll, and then I think Merrill Kelly is a club option in 2025, but that's pretty much it. So we got to look at some other players on this D-backs roster and decide whether they are the foundational pieces that should also get a contract extension and be on the books potentially past 2025 or just get a contract extension in their near future. The first guy I want to discuss is Zach Gallon because this guy is still arbitration eligible for the next two years, and he's not eligible for free agency until 2026 so this is someone that is cost controlled and not going to break the bank for the d-backs and the thing with zach allen is i love him of course every d-backs fan loves him one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball had one of the craziest streaks last year of no earned runs right it was like 40 straight innings of no earned runs like zach allen was a beast last year he like i think he led the league in whip and hits per nine like he had a fantastic season last year but should the d-backs Give him a long-term contract extension right now. Well, that depends on what you think a long-term contract extension looks like. Because if you're telling me, 
Should the D-backs offer Gallon a five-year deal right now and just pay for his best years because Gallon, I think he's going to be like 28 this year, give him a five-year deal that pays him until he's about 33? I would be down to do that because the thing with pitchers is there's a long history of them being major risks and volatile players, and they don't really work out when you give them long-term deals. So my issue is, if we did just roll through arbitration, right? He's going to be cost controlled. He's going to be pretty cheap the next two years. You could do that. Run Gallon through arbitration. And then at the end of that final season when he's in arbitration, you could then try offer him offer him a contract extension. But do you want to be paying Gallon as he's entering his early 30s a massive deal? I don't know. Would you rather just pay him now before he hits free agency while he's still arbitration eligible and in his prime? I think it's a real question. And for me, I think I would rather lock up Gallon now. Obviously, it would be cheaper to just go through the arbitration and then you could decide from there whether you want to give him a contract extension. But I'd rather just give him a five-year deal right now, pay for his best years because what I really want to do is mitigate risk here. And I do not want to see Zach Gallon enter free agency because as we discussed with Silly Baseball on either yesterday's podcast or the podcast before, like arbitration gets pretty disgusting. And if we have to go through two more seasons of hearings where the D-backs have to make a case against Zach Allen as to why they shouldn't pay him, that's just going to make it a little bit tougher for the D-backs who come to a contract, uh, you know, negotiation extension once his time, once his arbitration is up. I don't want the two sides to develop a riff or there to be animosity. So it's like, I'd rather just avoid the whole arbitration process. Like I've said, I think it's antiquated. I think it's dumb that we have to pit a franchise against a player. So it's like, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to see Zach Allen hit free agency and potentially leave the D-back. So it's like, let's just pay him now while he's 27, 28 years old, pay for his best years of his career, give him a nice little pay bump. That'll make him happy. Might even pitch better than guess what? When he's 32, 33, you could say, you know what? Gallon's still at his peak. He's still in his prime. You're not going to give him another five-year deal, but maybe you could give him a three-year extension after that, pay him until his mid to late early 30s. So for Gallon, I would rather pay him now, lock him up, than potentially see him leaving free agency i do not want to enter a world where gallon is still dealing on the major league level near the top of his game and not doing it for the d-backs that sounds like a nightmare the second guy i want to discuss is christian walker who is arbitration eligible for this season the 2024 season and then could be a free agent in 2025 and for christian walker he's already in his early 30s he's already 31 32 years old and for him i think i am doing the potential one more i i probably ride out this season and then do you want to enter 2024 via arbitration i'm probably not scared to do it with christian walker because he was so cheap when the d-backs found him maybe could find another christian walker but i think ideally and the best case scenario is you play out this season and then with his expiring deal next year I think you just give him a little bump and a short-term extension. He's going to be like 32 years old next season, 32, 33, at the end of the 2024, or excuse me, at the end of the 2023 season. So it's like, I could go into his final year of arbitration, or I could just maybe give him a three-year, what, $27 million contract. And if Christian Walker repeats the numbers they did this past season, because I do want to see what he looks like this season before I give him that contract extension. If Christian Walker just has another, he doesn't have to put up, a near 40 home run season, but if he puts up 25 home runs, a 260 average, a 800 OPS, drives in 80 guys, like if he just has solid numbers across the board, 
borderline all-star numbers from a first baseman with the elite defense once again like i'm fine paying that dude eight to nine million a year you know seven to ten million a year over a three-year deal pay him from ages 32 to about 35 36 years old still can still be a pretty peak player can still be a power bat for you and it's not going to break the bank i don't think i would mind that because there's also no one really coming for his job in the minor leagues right now so i do think you need to keep christian walker around for at least a short term and he's at that age where you're not really thinking about a, a six-year deal for Christian Walker, right? You're not like, okay, this is not Corbin Carroll here where you're like, we got to lock this guy up for the next near decade. No, Christian Walker is still a beast right now. He is someone that kind of broke into Major League Baseball and started getting going later in his career. Like he kind of had a breakout season like around 27, 28 years old. So this is kind of like a Merrill Kelly-esque player in terms of coming into baseball late at least on the major league level, and really hitting your stride later in your career. Merrill Kelly's basically, what, fourth or fifth-year player in Major League Baseball? I think fifth-year at this point. Christian Walker's like a fifth-year player as well. But in terms of mileage on his body and legs, he's still super fresh, but you're not going to give him a long-term extension, even with that being said. But I think you would feel good about a short-term extension that pays him until he's about 35, 36. I'll be very happy to do that kind of deal with a Christian Walker. And if you think the D-backs are going to give out more contract extensions to their players, if that's something you want to bet on, well, the best place to place your bets is FanDuel Sportsbook because the NBA season is almost wrapping up, but still the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because after the NBA regular season, it's time for the playoffs. And guess what? New customers get a no-sweat First bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. That is my favorite thing to do. Guess what? Whenever the Lakers are playing, LeBron's not in right now, but Anthony Davis is still healthy. He's still rocking. I take 80, 25 points, 80, 10 rebounds. And now that we have D'Angelo Russell, give me D'Lo, three threes. Lakers win. Uh, it hits about a third of the time, but when it does, I feel really good about myself. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you are when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more at FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA all right all right all right welcome back into the locked on Diamondbacks podcast Excuse me, and let's look at some more D-backs players that maybe should be eligible for a contract extension, maybe deserve a contract extension. Maybe it's just better off letting them go through arbitration because the next guy I want to discuss is Josh Rojas, who's in arbitration, arbitration eligible, won't be a free agent until 2027. And I want to say off the top of my head, Josh Rojas is going to be like 28 years old. I forgot to look that number up. So He's still 27, 28 years old, I want to say. So Josh Rojas is still relatively young in the, I want to get his age right though, in still the the prime years of his career, right? So you're not too worried about him getting old. He's 28 right now, turns 29 on June 30th. So for Josh Rojas, 
is not really someone with that long-term upside of like, when you look at the Corbin Carroll, 22 years old, the way we project him out. Yeah, you feel good about him getting an eight-year deal. But for Josh Rojas, turning 29 this year, he probably is what he is at this point of his career. And I like Josh Rojas a lot. I think he's a pretty good player. I think he's a very solid major league player. He was kind of the throw-in piece, as I like to say, from that Zach Greinke deal because the D-backs got back three of the top five prospects in the Astros organization. I think Josh Rojas was like number 22, and he's been by far and away the best player from that deal. He's turned himself into a little speedster, 19 stolen bases last year, can play multiple positions. Josh Rojas, I think, is a very valuable part to this D-backs franchise, but considering he's arbitration eligible until like 2027, I think I'm just going to ride this one out with Josh Rojas because you get to have... All his best years, cost-controlled, cheap, 29, 30, 31. You basically don't have to pay for any of those years. I think even 32. And it's like, why would I rush to give Josh Rojas a contract extension when I'm probably going to be paying him less just through arbitration? So as it currently stands, I don't think he's one that I would give a contract extension to. I love Josh Rojas, but he's still cost-controlled for so many more years. And unless he pops in a real way, and I think we're starting to see uh, he's also unless he pops in a real way. And I wouldn't hold it against Josh Rojas because he's blown away my expectations every single season. He's been with the D-backs, gotten a little bit better every single year. So if he continues on this trajectory and linear course, then, yeah, maybe we maybe he forces our hand and we say, you know what? This guy is turning himself into like an all star level player. We have to give this guy a contract extension. If we get to that point, then yeah, we'll have that conversation. But as it currently stands, I think he's a really good, solid, stable player. Can be a veteran on this team as the team starts to age. But I don't think I'm rushing to give him a contract extension. He's a solid player, but he's not an all-star player. If he turns into an all-star player, then I think we have to lock him up. But as it currently stands, I get to basically have a guy in his prime for the cheap. Yeah, I'm probably just going to keep writing arbitration when it comes to Josh Rojas. Next up, how about Jake McCarthy? Arbitration eligible in 2025 and won't be eligible for free agency until 2029. So this is someone who I think is a great conversation starter when you think about the contract extension because this is someone that would not really get paid big bucks until he's spent, what, six, seven years in Major League Baseball. So this is someone that probably would want to get paid a little bit earlier than how it's set up right now. And the way he played last season has got us feeling like, you know what, maybe Jake McCarthy should be the next guy that gets locked up. He's someone that is super young too. Um, I want to say what, Jake McCarthy's like 25 years old. Some of these guys that should have had their ages already looked up before doing this podcast. But Jake McCarthy is also someone that's pretty young. He's listed at 25 years old right here. July 30th is his birthday. That's when he turns 26. So he's still someone with that long-term upside. But I think I want a full season, maybe two out of Jake McCarthy, but definitely a full season. We got a great, we did get a pretty good sample size last year from him. What did he play, like 90 games last year? Looked really good. Second half of the season, like, uh, you can make the strong argument post-All-Star break, maybe Jake McCarthy was the best player um, for the D-backs organization. Like, there was a solid two-month period where he was carrying this offense, and I don't think he's that version. I, I don't think he's that good, but if Jake McCarthy is like a 290 guy that could steal 40 bases and just, just just be such a table setter at the top of your lineup, scoring runs, wreaking havoc, new rules, stealing a whole bunch of bases, um, going first or third on those singles to right field. Like if you could do all that, be a borderline all-star, maybe we have a conversation of giving him a contract extension because he's still super young. 
And if after a full year, another full season, I would be down of maybe give him a contract extension when he's age 26. If he did show me after another season in Major League, you know what? This guy is legit, and this should be a building block, a pillar player. I wouldn't be upset at all if we gave him a contract extension. I think I would just want to care about the money. A guy like Michael Harris got, I think, eight years, $72 million. Someone like Luis Robert of the Chicago White Sox, I think, got like six for 43. Maybe that was Eloy Jimenez. Like, if he somewhere falls in that range, we're giving him like six, seven million a year over like a five, six year period from ages 26 to 31. For Jake McCarthy, I would feel really good about that if we see, if that's after, you know, this past season, 2023, and last year, that's, I don't know how many games that would be. If that's 230 games that we've seen of Jake McCarthy where he looks like a legit bat at the plate, legit speedster, still needs to work on his defensive you know, capabilities, but just can wreak havoc on the basis for you and in turns that creates more run scoring opportunities. If all that becomes true with Jake McCarthy, I would not mind at all giving him a little contract extension next season, but I do want to see another full season 2023. And I don't think he's the kind of guy that breaks the bank for you. I think it would have to be like a Michael Harris, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez type deal for Jake McCarthy. The final guy I want to talk about in segment number two is Alec Thomas, who at the beginning of last season entering 2022, it was definitely when you thought about the D-backs future outfield. It was Corbin Carroll, it was Alec Thomas and Dalton Varsho, and now it's Corbin Carroll, Jake McCarthy, and then of course when Drew Jones gets called up. But Alec Thomas sometimes becomes a forgotten man, and this was one of the best D-backs prospects in the organization. This was a consensus top 100 guy entering last season, and I don't... I don't want to forget that this guy is still super talented. Maybe he's not a 30-30 guy like a Corbin Carroll could potentially be. Maybe he's not a 35-40 stolen base guy like Alec Thomas, but or excuse me, like Jake McCarthy. But Alec Thomas, if he hits you 15 home runs and stole you 20, if he hit you 15 home runs, stole 20 bases, batted 290, had like an 815 OPS, and that was like the best version of Alec Thomas, that would not be surprising at all. That's the kind of player he could be. He could be a doubles machine, solid over the fence power, still got great speed. Arguably the best defensive center field in baseball, at least when you look at him. I mean, the eye test is phenomenal with Alec Thomas. So if all that's true and he starts to hit his ceiling with his D-backs team, then yeah, I do think he would be deserving of a contract extension because like a Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas is like 22, 23 years old. So there's even more upside with Alec Thomas than a Jake McCarthy. And I think he will get a lot of opportunity this season. But Alec Thomas is arbitration eligible in 2025, won't be a free agent until 2029. So because he's so young, I think I'm down to wait for the 2023 season, see how Alec Thomas looks. Maybe even wait next season as well. If he looks good after these next two seasons, then yeah, we should have those contract extension talks. Then at age 24, 25 for Alec Thomas, you could give him a five, six, seven-year deal that pays him decent money. And he would probably even get more money than Jake McCarthy, considering he would have had a larger sample size on the major league level and been slightly younger as well. I like Alec Thomas a lot. I want him to bounce back. I want him to be a really good player because of how good this guy was hyped up. I do think he had moments last year, especially when he first got called up by the D-backs, but he started struggling toward the end of the season. I think he had a little bit of a rookie wall. I think he'll bounce back this season, but not ready to give him a contract extension just yet. But if he has a good 2023 and probably 2024 as well, then I think it's a real conversation they can have because still someone that's going to be super young and won't be a free agent for a very long time.
Now let's wrap up the Locked On Dimebacks podcast by discussing just a couple more dudes here. The first guy I want to discuss is Ryan Nelson, who is arbitration eligible in 2026, free agent in 2029, and guy that's in his mid-20s, I believe. He is also 25 years old. And for Ryan Nelson, nice little cup of coffee on the D-backs in 2022, as we always talk about going to be in competition all spring training for that number five spot in the D-backs rotation. Currently, I think number three in the power rankings for that number five spot behind Dre Jamison and even Brandon Fat. I think you can make the argument. That's the argument I made on yesterday's podcast. But this is someone that's 25 years old. And because he's arbitration eligible, he's not going to be arbitration eligible until 2026, free agent until 2029. So you got this guy for another six years, cost-controlled, all through his 20s, like for pitchers, I think that's the best thing you could do. Just ride out the arbitration, ride out their rookie contracts. And then once they turn 30, you could decide if you want to give them another deal because that's where it really starts to get risk for pitchers is age 30 on. There's so many pitchers that are just not good past the age of 30, or maybe they're still good, but the injuries take a toll. They don't pitch as much as you want, or maybe they're just good on that first half of the deal. Then they really start to fall off on the back half. Like to Justin Verlanders, the Max Scherzers like treasure them because they're rare breeds. They're not. There's a lot of pitchers that don't last that long. Like you think about all those Giants pitchers that won World Series rings. You think of the Tim Lincecums. You think of the Matt Cain. You think of the Madison Bumgarners. They were all cooked by the age of 30, and you would have all thought those were really good bets to be good past the age of 30, and none of them were. So. It's a volatile business when you deal with pitchers more than position players because position players, even though they're playing 162 games, they're just less wear and tear, I think, on their body with what they're doing because a pitcher trying to go out there and just throw his arm out every time. Like a batter, I don't think is putting as much physical pressure on his body and physical trauma, at least to a certain region, right? Because your pitcher is just your elbow every single time. At least a baseball player is using a whole bunch of different muscles and stuff like that. And long term, you could have a position player be good till late 30s. I mean, David Ortiz, Big Poppy, had one of the all-time seasons. It was an MVP candidate age 40. Verlander could do that. Max Scherzer could do that. But outside of that, those are rare cases. There's a lot more cases of position players being good past the age of 35. And there are pitchers still pitching like they're elite past the age of 35. So Ryan Nelson, I think I'm just going to ride it out through his arbitration years and once we get to that free agency once we get to that last year of arbitration then we could discuss a contract extension but because it's so volatile with these pitchers i think i would rather just wait it out unless he just turns into like the best player the best pitcher in baseball then we could revisit the conversation but if that doesn't happen if he just turns out to be a really good pitcher a solid number three starter mid-rotation guy or maybe a back-end bullpen heater dude like, yeah, I would love that guy, but I don't think I'm breaking the bank for that guy. I don't think I'm giving that guy a long-term contract, and it's probably just smarter to ride it out with him. Same with Dre Jameson. Like, I have the same thoughts. Unless Dre Jameson, he wins that number five starting job this year, and turns out, you know what? He just might be the number three starter in this rotation, and he might be better than Merrill Kelly. Then we could probably revisit the conversation given Dre Jameson contract extension, but it's the same thoughts with Ryan Nelson. He won't be arbitration eligible until 2026, won't be a free agent the earliest until 2029. So it's like, why not just have that cheap, cost-controlled pitcher paying for his best years? Because pitchers, they're not exactly like running backs, but 
they're kind of running back-esque where their best years are definitely in their 20s and then past the age of 30. You never know what can happen. The short, the shelf life for a running back is definitely a lot shorter than shelf life for a pitcher. But each year a pitcher pitches in the league on a major league level, his shelf life becomes a little bit shorter. That's why a guy like Mass Bumgarner, even though he's not that old, when the D-back signed him, he was only 30 years old. But the reason he looked like he was 39 years old the last three seasons with the D-backs is because he had like seven to eight, 200 inning seasons before signing with the D-backs with the Giants. He broke in at age 19. And so the mileage on Massive Bumgarner's arm was so long before he signed with the D-backs. And for the Dre Jameson, the Ryan Nelsons, like if they do stick with the D-backs until the final year of the arbitration, like they'll have decent mileage. And at that point, I don't know if you want to give those guys long-term extensions. I think I would rather ride out the best years of their careers while they're still young, while they're cost controlled, and then maybe give them a little short bump once they start to enter that free agency period. And the final guy I want to discuss, who I think we might have to have a conversation pretty soon if he gets called up this season, is Jordan Lawler. Because I don't know if he's going to get called up this season. He might not get called up into the next season. But the moment Jordan Lawler gets called up, I think the contract extension talks are on the table. Because if he flashes, if he gets... If Jordan Lawler just has the Corbin Carroll season this year where he gets called up the final six weeks of the season and plays 30 games, and if he bats 275 with six home runs and just looks solid out there, then the D-backs really have to consider, you know what? We drafted this guy number two overall. We think he's as talented as any shortstop in the draft the last five to six years. Should we just pay this dude right now? We believe he's a pillar of the franchise. We think he's a building block. We think he projects out to be an all-star plus player like a Corbin Carroll. He's another dude that I think you could put in the middle of your lineup and really build a playoff championship team around him. If that's true, if that's how you really think Jordan Lawler projects out to be on the major league level, if you think his ceiling is just as high, nearly as high, or maybe even more high than Corbin Carroll, and he flashes early like a Corbin Carroll did, then I think the moment... Jordan Lawler gets called up. His contract extension talks should begin. And would I pay him? Yeah, I would do the same thing that you just did for Corbin Carroll if all of that is true. If you think his ceiling is comparable to Corbin Carroll's, if he flashes early like a Corbin Carroll, then I wouldn't mind giving him an early contract extension. But I do want to mind you, I do think it's risky. I do think it's a gamble. And I would rather personally see a full season before we give anyone a contract extension. But it it's a gamble that these quote-unquote small market teams are going to start making. And uh, it's the smartest thing you can do when you're a team like the D-backs who are not going to go out there in free agency and spend big money. Might as well lock up the stars they do have in-house early, and Jordan Lawler could be the next guy. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day. The Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast with Matt and Dom, who will keep you up to date all season long with fantasy draft, news, strategies, analysis, whatever you need for the fantasy season. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I already said that already, but I had to say it again. Come back tomorrow. More Dimebacks news coverage insight. I love to say everything twice. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.